The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Cal Thomas and Marion McKeown join us to talk about all things America. Cal and Marion, of course, are going to be at the Kennedy Summer School in Wexford this weekend. And then who will be here with us next week in studio for an extended edition of our weekly American spot. But before we hear from them, let's hear a little bit of... Joe Biden finally getting as mad as hell about what is being done to his country and how MAGA Republicans are a clear and present danger to US democracy. This is part of the speech he made in Pennsylvania last week. First, we must be honest with each other and with ourselves. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, I want to be very clear, very clear up front. Not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. And let's hear a few days later, also in Pennsylvania, the response of Donald Trump calling the president an enemy of the state. Joe Biden came to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to give the most vicious, hateful and divisive speech ever delivered by an American president, vilifying 75 million citizens plus another probably 75 to 150 if we want to be accurate about it, as threats to democracy and as enemies of the state. You're all enemies of the state. He's an enemy of the state. You want to know the truth. The enemy of the state is him and the group that control him, which is circling around him. Do this, do that, Joe. You're going to do this, Joe, right? I think Philadelphia was a great choice to make this speech of hatred in anger. His speech was hatred and anger. By the way, the next morning he forgot what he said. You saw that. They asked him about, oh, I didn't think I said that, did I? Oh, no. How'd you like the red lighting behind him like the devil? So, Marion McKeown, there's gaslighting of the First Order. It seems that Donald Trump is the one with memory (laughs) issues, that he's forgotten every speech he's made in the last six, seven years, far worse than anything he's accused Joe Biden of. Well, you know, I mean, at this stage, it's sort of, he just sounds ridiculous, doesn't he? I mean, you know, as you say, I was just thinking as he spoke there that, like, you know, mocking people with disabilities, mocking Red Star families, or Gold Star families, I beg your pardon, who had lost uh, sons and daughters in battle, mocking the homeless, mocking immigrants, mocking just, and, 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 viciously attacking the media, politicians who don't agree with him, politicians from his own party who stopped agreeing with him. You know, I mean, Donald Trump is so full of bile and vitriol and, and just dishonesty. But I think that it's actually catching up. He was in, they were both in Philadelphia uh, and in Pennsylvania, I should say. And, um, you know, Joe Biden was there to, to deliver the speech, which in my view is long overdue. I think it was a shame that the main networks, ABC and NBC and CBS didn't carry it. 
I think it was irresponsible of them. But anyway, that's their decision. Uh, so it didn't, I think, get as much coverage as it should have got. But, you know, Trump was there to hawk two candidates that are, they would be funny if they weren't so appalling. You know, Doug Mastriano, an absolute white nationalist, shameless, and Dr. Oz, who's just a clown. Uh, and these people are not going to win their races. And this is where Donald Trump's power fails. This is where the rubber hits the road because, you know, he yes, he does. Joe Biden is right. He controls the Republican Party. He drives it and he intimidates it. But main people, when it comes to Senate races, when it comes to governor races, people don't want the sort of hatred and the vitriol. He's making this midterm race a, a rerun of 2020. And, he, you know, it's, it's not a good move for him. We know what happened to him in 2020, even if he doesn't. You know, he lost badly. So I, I think I think it's, it's just a, it's like the theatre of the absurd with him. It, it, you know, anything for attention. So, Carl Thomas, isn't it about time that President Joe Biden called out this nonsense? A long overdue speech, as Marion McKeown just said. Well, I don't like name-calling, Matt. As you know, as we've done this with Marion for many years now, I've never called her names. When I do public appearances with people of a different political worldview, I try to stick to the issue. I try to promote why I believe my worldview is correct and the other worldview is not correct. But I don't accuse anybody of being an enemy of the state or a danger to democracy or evil or un-American or less patriotic than me. I like what William McGurn says in today's uh, column in the Wall Street Journal. He says, a president needs to rise to the occasion. Yelling at opponents isn't how to do it. This is very uncharacteristic of Joe Biden. He has been a fairly level-headed, kind guy who got along with everybody in his many decades in the Senate on both sides of the aisle. And I think he's been told now that he's going to have to behave like this in order to rile up his base and get them to vote in the November election. Trump has its own problem, and you and Marion are absolutely right. His name-calling over many years is disgusting, and uh, I certainly reject it. Okay, um, Marion, what's the latest in the investigation into the documents in Florida and uh, this special master being appointed to examine them? Marion? Um, well, what's happening there, Matt, is that uh, the special master, the judge Aileen Cannon, has appointed the sp uh, special master. She's agreed to appoint one. Uh, I think it's moot. Look, at this stage, this has the legal, the handling of this. A first-year law student could have acted better for Trump. I know he's no friend to any lawyer in that he thinks he knows everything. But to, to ask for a special master, I, I sort of think, you know what? knock yourselves out. If you want a special master, let him have it, because he's going to whine about, you know, he's persecuted, etc., etc. But appointing a special master at this stage makes no sense legally. The FBI has already, and correctly so, gone through all of the documents. Uh, there's currently also a damage assessment going on that the special master said that could continue, basically, but that the FBI would have to stop what they're doing. Now, they've already pretty well done what they're doing, so I think this is a bit of, of you know, doing something to to, uh, to appease Trump that isn't going to make big difference. I do think it sets a bad precedent. But, you know, we, we've seen, like we saw what came out. We've seen the inventory from, from yesterday as well. You know, the, the craziness, the fact that there were top secret documents and classified documents mixed in with press cuttings, mixed in with Trump's pictures of himself. You know, the whole, the flagrant disregard and the disrespect for America's national security by a president. And, you know, we said on this show a couple of weeks ago when he was, 
whining about it being unprecedented. What he did was so unprecedented for an American president to show such disregard for his country, the country that he swore no to keep safe, to treat the national security secrets like this, to lie about them, to get his lawyers to lie about them, to refuse to return them. I think that it really shows what Donald Trump is made of. As I say, you know, I, I think from a strictly legalistic point of view, it's a bad decision by the judge, but really, who cares? Okay, let's move to something else, Cal. We had a discussion earlier in the programme. We had the chair of our Climate Change Advisory Council talking about increasing the financial supports for people buying electric cars. We also had a major discussion about electricity shortages. And some listeners were making the point, why are they encouraging us to get electric cars at a time when our electricity prices are soaring and we can't be guaranteed supply? So tell us what's happening in California. Well, I've got a column coming on that. On uh, Just finished it on uh, Thursday, Matt. Uh, yes, the uh, bureaucrats out there have mandated that there will be no gas-powered cars sold in the state of California uh, beginning in the year 2035. And yet, just this week with a heat wave out there, some of these same bureaucrats have encouraged people to set their thermostats to 78 degrees and not to charge their electric cars, the one million that are in California right now, uh, on Sundays in order to save electricity. Now, the question obviously is, if they can't provide the electricity now with so few electric cars, how are they going to do it in 2035 and beyond with millions of electric cars? This is a serious problem that windmills and uh, other for, uh, solar power and, and other things are not going to be able to solve. Mary McCoon, it does seem like a logical point. Here in European Union, we also will not have uh, the sale of fossil fuel cars from 2035 allowed, may even be earlier. But how can people be persuaded to move to electric cars if then they're told you're not allowed to charge them at home during certain hours? Well, uh, you know, this is an exceptional situation. I've just come from Los Angeles and I can tell you California is baking at the moment due to climate change. The the weather, the, the heat waves that we, we've been going through there is just unprecedented, well over 100 degrees, up to 114 degrees in some places. And when it gets very hot, people turn on their air conditioning. And look, I, the thing is, I think people need to get real. Climate change isn't just coming, it's here. We have to make sacrifices. So yet, yeah, don't charge your car on Sunday. Big deal. You know what? Go for a walk. So what? People are going to have to make, if they want to stop the planet from turning into a crisp, they're going to have to make, during a heat wave, you know, pick air conditioning or, or whatever your car, you know, you can't have everything. This is where we're at. California is way ahead of the rest of America. They're doing a really good job there in doing their best to combat climate change. There's also extensive lithium exploration going on as well, which will be a big help in the future. But people are going to have to get used to this because, you know, the the fact is, as I said, if people want to get serious about climate change, they're going to have to make sacrifices. And this is a one-off situation during a heat wave. So I just say, suck it up, you know, really. Cal, suck it up. Like Jimmy Carter in 1979, you know, our best days are behind us. Uh, Let's run on this, politicians. We, We can't do any better. We've got to cut back and sacrifice. All of the studies I've seen, Matt, is that... Uh, even if we are, were all into electric cars, it would not have a major effect on the climate 
on the temp- uh, surface temperature of the Earth, so, f- so long as China and India, the biggest contributors to CO2 and pollution in the atmosphere, continue to do what they're doing. This, in my judgment, is another effort by big government to control our lives. California, which is big on pro-choice when it comes to abortion, is anti-choice on the kind of cars you drive. You can't go more than one way from, say, San Francisco to Lake Tahoe in Nevada, which is about 150 miles, on you can go on a single charge but what are you going to do after that how long is it going to take to charge the car and how much is it going to cost compared to petrol right now you can fill up an automobile with gasoline in about 10 minutes but uh, the average electric car takes 30 minutes or more are people going to be satisfied with that I don't think so thank you very much Cal Thomas and Mary McCone of course at the Kennedy Summer School in Wexford this Saturday and then will be with us here on the programme next Tuesday we'll have an extended version Last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.